Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of another sports shooting podcast. On deck we have Jared Fox, Jason Bradley, Jeremy Reed, and myself, Jeff Cotton. So, we're going to be talking about off-season. We haven't talked about it in a few weeks. Uh, everybody's kind of, everybody does it a little different, so... We're just going to go around around the panel. Everyone just kind of talk about what you've been doing, uh, what you plan to do, or maybe what you pe- think people should do, shouldn't do, whatever you want to say about offseason. But give us an update of where you're at and anything else relevant in your life that you want to share with anyone who will listen. So, to start off, Let's go with Jared. All right. Jared, go. So for, for my off season, uh, after I got back from uh, low cap nationals, I didn't shoot for, I think, like two weeks or something like that. Uh, I tried. I planned to take a little more time off, but I have a local Tuesday night match that's really close to the house, so I've, I've shot it uh, a couple of weeks now. Uh, but I don't, I don't practice or anything for a while. The Tuesday night stuff is uh, more social. Um, I'm also, I've been sticking with production for the time being because I don't have a clue what division I'm shooting next year. But uh, otherwise, for this time of the offseason, this is when match announcements and stuff start coming out. So I've been keeping an eye on those and planning around what matches I want to shoot next year and what fits the schedule well. And and, uh, working through some changes I want to make and how I choose matches compared to previous years, try to get a little more spacing between them. So it's not, uh, there were several times this year where it's like I shot a match every weekend for like three weeks in a row or four weeks in a row. And then work travel and stuff where I was gone for like 20, 30 days out of like 60, which was just too much. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, am thinking about how I approach practice this year and, and what I think I should change for next year. Uh, so I, I shot a, I shot a lot this year, and there was plenty of times when I would practice that you know I'd get home from work on a Monday and it's like okay Monday's my uh, my day to go practice so I go to the range and I would shoot. Problem was I think uh, plenty of those practice sessions were just going to the range and shooting and not really productive. Where I, I think yeah. with a uh, little more time away next year. Uh, I think it'll help kind of recharge the batteries and I'll get more out of my time on the range, a little more focused. Right. And uh, otherwise, though, uh, just going to finish uh, planning out the matches I want to shoot, and uh, I've still got to settle on a division. I've, I've been enjoying the uh, production guns. Uh, I really like carry optics, but I got tired of changing dots all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have the reliability of dots that Jason had. Mine seemed to break quite a bit more often than his. That's a little strange, right? I really, yeah. I, I think, I think steel frame guns are harder on the dots. Okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. I, re- I really do, and, and I think it's luck of the draw too, because uh, one of my dots has at least twenty thousand rounds on it with no issues, and the other three between them have been back to the manufacturer five times. No bueno. Yeah, I'd be out on that. Uh, did you did you shoot an open gun the other night? I did. Uh, you know, it's a perk of the job. I found a I found a checkmate just laying around the office, so so I took it to the range and shot it. Um, I, I borrowed it from uh, one of our gunsmiths that shoots open, and uh, played around with it. What <laughs> was it? Kalebs? It was <laughs> Kalebs. Yep. Uh, open, open is cool and all, but uh, I am it's definitely not something I'm interested in pursuing very heavily. I do, I do like the high capacity, I just don't like the comp. Hmm. What don't you like about the comp? It's loud, it's annoying. One Double nice plug, man. I, I do, yeah. it, it is loud, just, yeah. And also, you can just tell. That that gun that like open guns are going to take a lot of tinkering to keep running, and I, I want I want to just pick my guns up and shoot them and like clean them rarely, and that's it. Then production where you want to be, brother. <laughs> yeah. 
Chaos was pretty close, except for the whole breaking dots all the time. I think I changed Mag Springs once this year, and I'll clean the gun every like four or five thousand rounds, probably. Cool. Are you uh, trying to load up a bunch of ammo right now? Uh, I have loaded about half a gallon so far. So no. <laughs> no, no, I was I was uh I was doing some stuff one day when I had a little bit of free time, so I came in the reloading room and loaded like a thousand rounds, but that was it. Nice. Okay. Otherwise, I don't really plan to do too much with shooting stuff until uh, after the new year. Like you know, take the time to to be off and lay around and not do much, um, as well as. You know, get home for the holidays with my family and stuff. Uh, probably the only, the big non-shooting thing, though, uh, is I, I kind of got fat over the last, like, six months of the shooting season. Like, I packed on, like, 25 extra pounds. So, I've been uh, I've been working on uh, getting rid of that the last few weeks. So, cutting cutting back on the uh, soda and the, and the beer and the fried food from the gas station by the office. Mm, I do love fried gas station food. They make these things called mini tacos. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Quesaritos, Crispitos, all those things. I love them. And it's it's the only yeah. place to, it's the only place to eat within ten minutes of the office and the and the beer and the fried food from the gas station by the office. Mm, I do love fried gas station food. They make these things called mini tacos. Dude, yeah, <laughs> quesaritos, crispitos, all those things. I love them. And it's it's the only place to, it's the only place to eat within ten minutes of the office where you can like go in, get your food, and leave. Right. You got offsets where you're at, Jeff? No, I guess not. You've never had an offsets burrito? No, I guess not. No. Oh, you you need to come you need to come train with me and uh, and we'll get you an offsets burrito. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, I'm down. Also, the about 15 minutes from the office, we have a place called uh, Burritos to Go, and uh, Alexis, who was on our podcast, he is he speaks Spanish, so I always have him order it. Swear to God, to make them spicier if they're ordered in Spanish. Either that, <laughs> or he just, either that, or he just tells them to make them super spicy, but they taste way better. That's awesome. Uh, Jason, yeah. oh sorry, Jeff, what was that? No, you're good. Jason, what what about you? What's your uh, what's your off season going on? I feel like you're probably doing the most. You're just probably the most interesting with your six hundred twelve different new guns. Yeah, I mean, after Arkansas State, um, I didn't shoot for like a week or two at all, um, and then I had these. I take that back. Well, I haven't shot. I didn't shoot a match, um, and I didn't dry fire, and I haven't for uh, dry fire except for like yesterday. Uh, for like since Arkansas State, so um, but I have only thing I've been doing shooting wise is I've um, been taking these guns that I bought. I bought several different guns. I've just been taking them out to the range and just shooting them, mostly in slow fire group shooting, just to see if I find one that's like super more accurate than the others. And then I would do essentially like doubles drills and maybe um, like some table start drills uh on like a one target and and that's pretty much what i've been doing i've probably done that for like the last six weeks um if it's been six weeks i know i just feel like every weekend i've been out there doing that so i mean that's pretty much been my off season i've um like i said not practiced i did shoot one match i think two weeks ago with one of the guns um so i haven't i haven't been shooting my glock other than taking it out and just shooting accuracy um comparing it to the others but uh, i shot the uh canic um, in a match a couple weeks ago, and um, this weekend I'm going to shoot the uh, Q5, and uh, I'm going to try to decide on uh, if I'm going to ch- uh, switch a gun, switch guns or not. Um, what what guns ahead. were the uh, original contenders? So I've take I've had a X5 Legion, I've had um, the, the Shadow Two. These are all set up for uh, carry optics. I had the Shadow 2, I had the Glock 34 Gen 5, I had the um, Canic, I feel like I'm forgetting because I've had several. <laughs> uh, what else have you guys seen? Um, P10F? I had a P10F, I didn't set that one up though, but I did have a P10F, 
Um, I'm trying to think. I have a Q5 Poly. I feel like there's still. I feel like I'm still missing one. But um, anyways, Glock, Shadow Two, Legion, Canic, and then Q5 SF. So that's what. I, and the Poly SF. Uh, that's what I've been taking out and shooting them. So uh, this offseason, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to hopefully basically either decide to stick with the Glock uh, for 2020 and, and probably, you know, going forward uh, for a while at least, and um, or switch guns. You mean like switch divisions like you normally do? No, switch switch uh, guns and stay in carry optic. Carry right now, my plan has been carry optic being my primary division. I wouldn't mind having something set up to shoot a match every once in a while, uh, just randomly. You know, maybe a club match or even a I don't know uh, a club match and uh, shooting something like single stack or shoot uh, limited. But I don't have anything set up for it. So, so my offseason is going to be. Go ahead. I know a guy that can build you a a sweet single stack and limited gun. Right, he's he's uh he's fast. Yeah, um, <laughs> good so, I mean, Mile season. I'm hoping to figure something out, make a decision, and I and I probably make a decision in the next two to three weeks, just because I'm in no hurry. And once I make a decision, I'm gonna get rid of everything that's not that gun, and I probably just will take, um, just take it easy for January. Um, probably won't shoot any matches. Maybe just do a little bit of dry fire here and there and um probably around february i imagine i'll start getting the itch again i mean i'll like i said just dry fire maybe shoot a little bit on nice days but probably won't really sweat it too much and so what have you learned uh, trying out these 600 different guns um i like them all um they're all very accurate um Shooting them just as far as like, you know, okay, I'm going to put eight rounds in the mag and I'm just going to go do doubles. And um, you kind of start going, man, the gun's really not an issue. Um, I don't really feel much of a difference in the in the recoil from the heavy guns, from like a Shadow 2 to, to the Glock. Um, when I grip hard, I just feel like I'm like, that feels the same or it feels very close to the same. So, um one thing I've started that I've noticed is that every gun has a better trigger than the Glock, just about. So, <laughs> um, so I've, I guess I've learned that. I, well, actually, one thing I have learned is, uh, and I knew this, but I, when I first picked up the Q5SF, it always felt really, really big because it's got a real fat grip on it and a short grip. And I was like, man, that just feels really weird. But I've actually started liking it because I've been dry firing. Uh, I think you started dry firing yesterday or the day before. Uh, but I've been shooting it a lot more when I take it out, like on a Saturday or Sunday. And, um, I, you know, I've always said that you get used to anything to a certain degree. Um, I'm even some, and I never thought I would like that grip as much as I'm starting to like it. So the gun doesn't matter. So what are you doing to like test or evaluate like the guns against each other, like to compare them? Are you doing certain drills, like the same drill back to back, or you're just kind of just seeing which one you're more comfortable with? Um, so it kind of started out with, as I was taking each one out to get, uh, the first time or two, I was just kind of making sure everything was sighted in on all the guns. So I was just testing group shooting and just getting a feel for it. Wasn't taking a holster out. Wasn't do, cause I can't take holsters out for every gun. Um, so I was just, you know, at 20, 20 yards group shooting with each gun a few times and going, okay, this gun likes this load. Uh, and I didn't have, I had a couple different bullet weights, but all the same powder. And then I started realizing um, I started testing accuracy and they are, I really believe all these guns in my hands shoot just about as well as, as each other. They're very accurate at 25 yards. I can shoot with all these guns, a two to two and a half inch group offhand every time. Um, and if I really bear down and I'm on it, uh, it, it can, I even shot an inch and a half group the other day offhand. And, um, Which gun anyways, was that? that was with the shadow two. It was clearly the best one then, right? Yeah, the Shadow 2 so far has probably yielded me some of the best accuracy. But, man, the Walther Q5, that gun is accurate, dude. I don't, And I think it's just as accurate as the Shadow 2. That gun is, in my hands, well, every time I've loaded, shot that gun, it's just... It, <laughs> what would you say? 
Blasphemy. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. You, you know, so I was even. Uh, I even. I was going at. I was doing twenty-five yards, and then I started going back to forty-five yards. And those guns, you, man, they're just. They just. They just. And the Glocks. I think the Glocks shoot well too. That new Beretta though, it just started shipping this week, so you probably have to start over and get one of those too. Probably. Sure. I will not be getting one of those. What? I don't want. To, I'm. I'm about ready to be done. So to to further answer Jeremy's question. I, each day I would do that, but I would also load one up with eight rounds, and I would even load up two or three of them with eight rounds, and I would just go up to a seven-yard open target and just do doubles on it. But I would start aiming at the A zone, right? And I would just go, bim and then let it set on, bim And I would do that a couple times just to get a feel for the gun and just to see, okay, what can I get away with? Um, I mean, can I really, really get on this trigger, and is my second shot going high up into the head or – and, you know, that happens and sometimes. And then some of the guns were, I will say, while I can't feel a difference in my hands, uh, a very big difference, I do think some of the guns obviously are a little more flatter because they're heavier. But, man, I, I don't know. I was able to shoot them all really well, super fast, keep them all in the A zone. Um, so, like I said, then I took out the Canic and shot it in an all-steel match. It shot really well. I like it a lot. Um I like them all. But so that's basically what I've been doing. So there's not a single gun you didn't like? Um, I, I will say this. I have, I have um, what do you call it, cut the X5. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But I didn't like the reset on the trigger for some reason. And I know that's not really all that important. But uh, that gun seemed to yield the worst accuracy. Um, I did like it. I liked the way it shot. I liked the way it felt. Uh, for some reason, I just kind of... Gotta, I don't know. I, I had, to, I guess, I just, I don't know why. I just, ah, okay, I can let this one go. So I sold it. <laughs> um, and then he even got it back, sh- borrowed it from that guy, and said, okay, I'm gonna make sure. And I still like the gun. I like the gun a lot. Um, but if I had to put them in an order, that would have been the last one in the order for me. This is all, that's the only thing I can say. And then. I will say that I'm um, probably not going to go Shadow 2 for a couple reasons, that, and really none of them are the gun. Uh, I, I've, gr- I've grown to like the, the single the single trigger, the uh, striker fired. So that, and then I don't want to mill a gun, are really the only, other, only two things I can come up with why I don't want to go with the Shadow 2. I do like the Shadow 2. In some ways, I like the Shadow 2 more than all of them. But... I don't know, man. Got an excuse. The best trigger out of all of them, though, Canic. Better trigger than every any gun out there right now, other than a 1911. Really? That's yep. cool. So none of them come ready out of the box. You got to swap some sort of combination of springs and parts. Okay. Um, you know, the Shadow Two. You really all you got to do is swap the hammer spring for an 11 and a half or 13 pound. And you're good. That's all, right? Because it comes with a, a the good guide rod. And the yeah, I, think, spring. I think they have a 15 pound mainspring in them for the so pack. yeah, and I, you can I, even get I, away I, with that. Yeah, I just I change them. I just I yeah. put a, an 11 uh, mainspring or 11 recoil and 11 half mainspring. I did put a 13 in my practice gun though because mm-hmm. after like 40,000 rounds, the trigger had gotten a lot lighter than the match gun, so I put a 13 in it. So, you know, the Glocks, and they need a re- new recoil s- assembly and a new striker spring in a minimum, and then, you know, new sights, but it, for carry optics, you don't need that. So all those guns need that stuff. Um, and But once you do all that, and that can, it, it's got the best trigger out of any of them. I replaced the trigger shoe. They got an aftermarket trigger shoe. The, I, I believe the Walther will end up being just as good once Apex gets their SF trigger shoe out, from what I understand. So uh, this. Does the grip length on the uh, Walther bother you at all? I thought it would. I got used to it. My hands, you know, not nowhere near as big as yours, but it does hang off a little bit. But man, I've been, I was, I'm nailing dry uh, reloads and dry fire. Um, I mean, I'm not. It's it, obviously I was. I'm, I'm probably not as good as I would be with the Glock if I wouldn't have taken the time off or you know with the break. But um, it hasn't gotten. It hasn't bothered me. Now, I've got a new recoil spring that I just got for it and a new uh, guide rod, so I'm going to shoot that this weekend and see how I like that gun and how it cycles. Because every gun comes oversprung, just about. 
Yep. So they all kind of got a real heavy recoil spring in them, and but um, no, I, I that but but back to that grip, it hasn't bothered me like I thought it would. I, I'm telling you, man. I think if you just when you switch guns, it it feels really foreign to you, and if you just stick with it, if there's not something like that's just physically out of the out of whack, like Jared's hands on that smaller grip, I think you'll get used to it. So, anyways, that's <laughs> what I want to do. Pick a gun in the next week or two, probably week so, three. You, so, with all of your extensive testing here, do you think it'd be fair to say the gun really doesn't matter that much as long as it's accurate enough and reliable? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, everybody everybody should know that. I should know that. I do know that, but I think you gotta man, like I, the gun, huh? I think you gotta like the gun. I like the gun. If you don't like the gun, you won't want to shoot the gun. Yeah, well, it basically, I was, the Glocks, I was, everybody was telling me they're easily getting 23 and 24 with a couple mods in the gun. Mostly are getting 23. I know, Jared, you got 24 when you cut some springs. Uh, yes, so at, that, at Nationals for at one Nationals. stage. That made me, that actually is what really drove me to do this. I was like, okay, the Glocks can get 23 in there if you do it, you know, with the certain, I think you need Terran base pads, some guys are using Taylors, but, um, the Glock mag has always been probably one of the things I like the least. You got to hold it straight up. I have no, I don't have any problems with it, but it's just, I just said, let me see what these other guns have in magazine capacity. And that's a stupid reason to change guns. But at the same time, it's not a stupid reason if you can get one more round in there. And, and I like to do this, but, uh, so that's pretty much been what started it. And, um, I wanted to revisit the heavy gun thing and, for the most part, I don't really think it matters. It's a good, it's a good recap. Jeremy, what are you doing? Uh, so far, I haven't done a whole lot. Uh, starting to work on basically just getting my reloading, everything set up, ready to go for for next year. So I've got a a, a new 1050 with an ammo bot, getting that set up for nine millimeter, uh, and I'm kind of excited to try that out. Uh, so the plan for the off-season for me is to load as much ammo as I have brass for and then maybe buy more brass and load more ammo. So hopefully I've got thirty or 40,000 loaded up going into next season, hopefully. Uh, I think I've already got like, like 14,000 loaded up to go right now. So that's cool. Um, and then really, next season is going to be a long one for me uh, with single-stack nationals happening end of April and then the world shoot not happening Till Thanksgiving next year, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a pretty long season, and so it's starting to just try to look at matches, getting signed up for matches, and just figure out okay, where can I, where can I put my time and effort in next year, uh, and trying to make those decisions now. Uh, and for me, really, this is the time of year where I don't do much shooting. Uh, the weather's not usually super conducive, so trying to actually be productive in the shop. Uh, Jared, I do work every once in a while, but only every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> you know, my weekends, instead of practicing, I'm trying to, you know, build furniture for the house or I need to build a fence around the house. So trying to get all that sort of stuff that I would procrastinate with with shooting. Uh, it's a good time of year to take care of that. And then hopefully do some snow skiing uh, here after the first year. If, if Crested Butte gets any snow, then we're going to go do some skiing and hopefully – Hopefully do a little bit of that. Um, physical training will start here pretty soon. Uh, maybe you can hear I got a little bit of a cold. I was going to start this week, but been a bit, been a bit sick. Uh, I was down in South Texas where that chemical plant blew up, so I'm going to just blame it on the swamp is what got me sick. I don't know if it was, but I'll blame it on them anyway. Uh, so hopefully physical training starts soon. Uh, I've got a few more goals this year. Uh, that I kind of want to get physically wise um, that hopefully can, can help out a little bit. It's kind of hard to tell what, what physically matters in our sport, but I think that will play a little bit of a, a factor at some point. Like physically, what do you mean? Uh, just getting stronger and bigger. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a tall guy, but I'm a real, pretty skinny guy. Uh, <laughs> you look at most of the guys in the super squad, and they're all just bigger than I am. Uh, and so just want to back on a few more pounds of muscle. Uh, I got, I was stronger this year than I have been in the past. 
Um, but I need to, I think I need to add a little bit more. And so last year, my, I think my mistake was I, I tried to do it during the season and that's kind of, that's kind of hard. Uh, so this year I want to try and work out as hard as I can in the off season. And then that way during the season, I can more maintain rather than being trying to build muscle during the season. Probably work on a little bit of flexibility too. I've, I've always had terrible flexibility. Uh, and Ipsic is definitely going to, uh, they're going to test you on that. There's going to be low force, lots of movement, lots of things, awkward positions. And so getting a little bit more flexible probably wouldn't, wouldn't hurt uh, from that standpoint or from even an injury prevention standpoint as well. With such a long season, um, do you plan any breaks during the shooting year then? Obviously with uh, your nationals in May and your world shoot in uh, – uh, beginning of December. Yeah, so usually for after after nationals in May, there's usually a pretty big lull there uh, as far as match schedule. There's not not usually too many matches till you know end of June, first uh, of July. Uh, I think the Bighorn was like the third weekend of June. I think. If yeah, I, remember, like, uh, I think it's like twenty fourth or something like that. Yeah, so so that'll be kind of pro- probably that will be my first first major after single stack nationals. So there'll be a little bit of a lull there. Um, I will end up taking a. I'm going going to Yellowstone for a fly fishing trip in July. Sometime my wife won a won a trip uh, on an Instagram giveaway, which is kind of awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> nice. So, cool. so we're headed up there for that. Um, but other than that, I won't really have like a scheduled downtime. Uh, I don't typically deal with burnout issues that most people do. Uh, it's like I don't, I don't get burned out uh, very much, uh, at least not from the training side. Uh, maybe from a match expectation and a performance side, sometimes I get frustrated with that. But I'm almost always ready to train if the weather is okay. I don't like training in bad weather, uh, but otherwise I'm always pretty much happy to train year-round. Mm, nice. I don't feel like there's very many people, uh, well, not that you hear about anyway, that focus on, like, improving physically for the sport. Like, you hear more people say that it doesn't matter. Like, that's what, like, everybody likes to say. They like to say it doesn't matter. I feel like a lot of the really good guys, though, at least take some level of care into physical fitness because when you're, you know, by the time you're talking to those like super squad guys that are potentially capable of winning nationals, like you being a little bit faster from losing some weight or, or just being in a little bit better shape so that your stamina is better. I mean, that's a big advantage for someone that's, you know, talking the difference in maybe fourth place and third place or something. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, where I'm at, I'm, I can definitely continue to shoot at my level without changing anything on my physical fitness. Uh, but I, I'm also, I've been in the sport long enough that tr- trying to find gains uh, anywhere is, is hard. Uh, and so I'm willing to look anywhere. And you, you, if you look at the pros, the legit pros, there's not many of them that aren't in pretty good shape. I can't, I can't think of too many. Uh, and I, I think there's, I think there's some value. There's something to that. Uh, obviously, you can get really good in this sport, and and be really out of shape. Uh, but if you want to win on that elite level, uh, then I think that the physical part's going to come and play at some point. I um, I'll, I'll say that I, I uh, I believe that the better shape you're in, the better you're gonna you're gonna perform. Everybody like I don't think it was Jared that just said it. Somebody like people like to play it down, or maybe Jeff said it. I don't know, but um, I totally thought several times this year. I said, "Boy, if you weren't carrying around this extra toddler, um, <laughs> you, you would have shot that better. You would have been able to get in that position or down in that low position a lot and out of it a lot better." And um, at nationals, I had to I had to plan a stage around. I was like, "Well, you can't get down, so you got to shoot it like this." And uh, you know, and and it didn't. It hurt me bad on the time and, and the, the, uh, the effect. So, um, 
I totally think if you can be in better shape, there's no reason not to, other than, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're willing to do it. So, I know. Like, for me, obviously, I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight just because I gained weight. Uh, it's not so much for the actual shooting side of things. It's just, you know, reduced shortness and stuff like that when you've been outside of, for three days at nationals on your feet all day and stuff. It's, you know, losing 20 pounds is a lot when you're talking about carrying it around for 30 hours over three days. Yeah. Will it make a difference in match performance? Maybe not, but will I feel better when I'm hanging back out at the uh, hotel or something? Probably. See, I don't want to get into the uh, is natural talent you know, kind of thing. Kind of we debate. don't have time. This, this no, was no, like 30 minutes. Real quickly, um, 20 pounds is a lot of weight, and you will nobody is going to feel worse for losing 20 pounds. And we're talking about in staying healthy with, you know, losing the 20 pounds and still being healthy. Uh, if you don't have 20 pounds to lose, that's a different story, but nobody is going to feel worse for losing 20 pounds. And then if you don't feel worse, you can't, I don't see how you can not perform better for all the reasons, Jared, you just said, you're going to be, it's going to be easier on your legs and knees and ankles yeah. just standing around. I would have, I would have not, so, so for, for working on losing a little bit of weight and eating better over the last uh, three weeks, I, I can I tell you that when I eat better, I, I generally speaking feel better. I would bet that would – I bet eating better, not so much for the weight loss, but like during a match, before a match, and while I'm at a match and stuff, would probably have a bigger effect on my performance than the actual weight itself. Absolutely. I agree with that as well. But I still like cheeseburgers, so we're we're not going to dive down that rabbit hole. You know, the other thing, I mean, being in good condition, your your resting heart rate is going to be lower, and so I mean, a lot of times we're dealing with elevated heart rates when we're shooting. But if you're starting from a heart rate that's already lower, uh, then hopefully your body's going to be able to adapt to that that higher heart rate a little bit easier. Um, just by being, just because you're in better shape and it's used to, it's used to dealing with an elevated heart rate uh, and that sort of thing. Whereas if you, if you never work out, if you never feel that at all, and you're suddenly get an elevated heart rate, your body doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So why do you think putting weight on muscle wise is gonna might help you? How, how would that help you? Do you think? Uh, I mean, it, it's honestly it, it comes down to recoil control mostly, uh, and I don't. I don't necessarily know that that's a, a huge thing, um, but I think it will help. Um, just being stronger is going to be, I think, just going to be a good thing. Yeah. Probably getting stronger, though, is also going to help build your core and all that stuff, and that's got to help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, getting getting everything stronger, you're just going to have a, a more stable platform to shoot from. So it's like shooting yeah. off a bike versus a tripod, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's a bit of speculation on my part. Maybe it won't maybe it won't help at all, um, but I I don't think it'll hurt. Yeah, you know, think of it from the other side though too. Uh, so working on uh, exercising or or basically anything else during the off season, something that you can focus quite a bit of attention and time to, I think is going to help too. Because one, it, it recharges you or rests you from shooting, but it also helps you have something else to focus on and and do which isn't going to hurt you whenever our entire sport is built around focusing on a task and doing it yeah for sure you know and some other things i want to work on physically some balance uh exercises hate to admit it that may mean some sort of yoga or something uh man i hate yoga but uh yoga's badass no yoga sucks i'm like i am so inflexible like i'm it's, it's really bad, but uh, yoga, I mean, just being able to have better balance, like that's that's going to be a good thing. Uh, yeah, stronger core is going to be good, working on foot speed, uh, footwork and stuff like that. You see guy, guys like JJ going through a course, and yeah, his footwork is, is really good. Um, and so I, I think doing what you can to try to get, get closer to that level is going to do nothing but help. Dude, a week, a week into you doing yoga – or just stretching, you're going to, in a week, you're going to be, in about three three episodes of it, or three practices or sessions, you're going to notice that you can stretch further. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, that yoga, I did it for a while. 
from the girlfriend. Man, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it was. But I mean, seriously, it's no joke, dude. It's, uh, it's, uh, anyways, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> when, when, I, when I wrestled in high school, we uh, we had like an hour right after school that we couldn't use the wrestling room for because the uh, middle school was using it. So we would uh, every day we would alternate through like a bunch of different stuff. Our coach would have us do. Uh, we'd lift weights like two days a week or something, and then we'd do yoga once or twice a week, and then we would do like uh, like Taibo or whatever, like one day a week. And uh, the yoga was probably beneficial to uh, your flexibility and stuff, but I didn't find it overly interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to just sit still because yoga is basically just sitting and holding a pose, and I don't, I don't do well just sitting still doing nothing. Uh, but there probably is some benefits, you know, 15, 20 minutes of it uh, every day would probably not hurt. Are you going you gonna to build you a little uh, yoga studio in the uh, shop out there or something? Uh, yeah, like I'll put, a, you know, some scented candles, uh, get some real, like, I don't know, some weird mountain flute or something going on. <laughs> uh, really set it, really set the, uh, the vibe. Light and common colors. Don't forget those. Yeah, yeah. I'll have curtains that I can put up. Good uh, idea. You could, uh, you could just call me and put me on speakerphone, and I'll just like speak positive reinforcement <laughs> while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Can you give us like a like, ten seconds of the calming things you would tell me? Yeah, yeah. It would be like, uh, you are a good gunsmith. You have a strong will. You, Your welds are awesome. You are great at TIG welding. Stuff like that. Just, Man, maybe, maybe I just need that just like a 30-second <laughs> call every day. I'm just going to call Jeff so I can feel better about myself. That'll be <laughs> you are a good and doggone it people like you. You, you, should, you should do it like right before you start filing on the guns. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. the best time to call him. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Sounds, that, sounds like, that sounds great. Yeah. Hey, give me a call. I will. So, Jeff, what do you got going in your off season? Um, well, like all the obvious stuff, uh, not shooting a lot. Uh, I'm going to be trying to do some loading. And then getting projects done that I put off all year around the house. Uh, putting doors on my office at the house here so I can have some it can be blocked off from the rest of the house and I can do this in there and everybody else in the house doesn't have to be quiet. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to get that stuff done. Uh, picking up a backup gun. I'll be doing that. And you uh, get. so I'm getting the Dan Wesson. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. The no, the, the SSC single stack classic. Yeah, so there's one on Gunbroker that I got for a pretty good price. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'll be outfitting that and selling some other guns to pay for it. Stuff like that. So that's good. Oh, that'll be nice having a backup gun. I haven't had a backup gun. You know, it's been borrowed. So. <laughs> Does that mean you're committed to single stack for next year? Yeah, I think so, most likely. At least through nationals, you know. Uh, well, I don't know. I may, I may goof off after nationals. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I am going to be serious single stack through the end of April. Uh, and then we'll see. I may just reevaluate the whole thing after nationals. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm doing, pick up a backup gun. I've already, like, I'm not really going to quit dry fire. I think I didn't touch the gun for like a week or two after Nationals. But then I started uh, messing with my gear, and I changed my magazine pouches around. Uh, I did bullets out all year last year, or this year. Okay? The right way to do it. Bullets yeah. out. Okay? That's the right way. All right. So before that, I did bullets forward. I was like, oh, I'll do bullets out. I think I can make, I think it'll be better, more consistent. 
I did it for a whole year. Okay, that's that's dedicated. Like, I had nothing but bullets out all year. I switched back to bullets forward, and, like, within five minutes, I'm reloading better and faster than I did all year. It's not possible. Yeah, well... So yeah, screw bullets out. I'm going <laughs> bullets forward, and I'm never going back. Uh, yeah, it's way better, way better, amazing, like so fast. Like I'm gonna make GM, no problem. You didn't, you didn't find it hard to, you didn't find it hard to go back to the changing your grip or whatever when you go back to get the mag. No. Because when yeah. I went from bullets forward to bullets out, I was like, bullets out seems like I don't understand. I can't even comprehend how I'm supposed to grab the mag. It's so, you know what I mean? And then now I'm like thinking about going back to bullets. I mean, I'm not, but I'm, when you talk about thinking about it, I'm like, how would you even do that? Like, I mean, I know how you do it, but it just seems so foreign to me because I've been, I've been yeah. used to so bullets, uh, bullets out for so long. Well, that's cool though. I also did, uh, I cut off the front of my mag pouches so I can grab more of the magazine now and they come out easier the the jeremy reed modification yeah they look a lot like jeremy's except a little better <laughs> um but yeah so i'm actually i still run the back two i've got it right here i run the back two out but the front four i'm running forward you have it exactly opposite from me my first four are bullets out and my back two are bullets forward which makes That's way retarded. more sense. No. Retarded. No. You're retarded. <laughs> Dude, I reload I'm, so much faster. Like, I can rip a wicked reload with this set. I bet you reload no faster at all. But it Dude, feels no. I wish I would have taken a video of both. Because it, it's insane how much faster it is with I me did. going bullets forward. It's all in your head. And more consistent. Like, I hardly ever miss a reload. Well, you're going to have a bag well. You shouldn't miss reloads. Yeah, well, easier so said. So, it sounds like with your equipment change now, like, guaranteed top five in Nationals next year? Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> He's going to win. <laughs> yeah, win. It's a <laughs> W. W or DQ. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Just a bold laughs> touch. <laughs> no, so, uh, that's one of the gear changes I'm making. Magazines. I'm going back to bullets forward i'm excited about it because it's already going so much better well, i guess we'll learn which one's better when you two shoot against each other at national since you're directly opposite right this yeah, will yeah. decide the best mag pouches that made the difference i without a doubt yeah. that's exactly right right yes exactly um let's see what else i got going on oh, i'm going to be restructuring my training. I'm not sure exactly sure how it's going to look yet. Uh, I'm actually going to structure my planning, training. That's the plan. Uh, haven't really had any structure up until this point in my shooting ventures. It's just been, I think I'll practice this today. Uh, I think I'm going to work on this this year. And then yeah, there's not really any plan. Like, I'm going to do this this day uh, other than time commitment. So uh, all year I'd be like, okay, at these times I'm going to commit to dry fire, but not what I'm going to do in dry fire. It's just like go dry fire. And I basically dry fire the same thing all year long. I go in, I do this, I work into some movement, I work into some moving mag changes and some entries, some exits, uh, some short distance reloads, some four-step reloads, you know, draws. I do the same thing pretty much all year long. So, do you think good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I don't know. So I'm going to do it different this year. I don't know. I haven't been doing this long enough to know what works and what doesn't work, man. I, I'm just going to change it and see what happens. Yeah, so I'm like, I think there is a lot of benefit in having something that you do on almost a daily basis uh, that basically hits kind of all the areas that you need to hit in dry fire that, that basically make you comfortable with the gun all the time. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that means you, like, if you're going to have a 15-minute dry fire session, maybe you have 10 minutes that does the same thing that you always do, and then you've got five minutes 
to do something that's just completely different. Yeah. Uh, so, or, or maybe something like, uh, you know, every other day is just like the same block of training. And then the days in between, I'm working on uh, dialing in on specific things, you know. For sure. Something like that. So, yeah, I just want to I want to structure the training, which I haven't so, done up to this point. What do you think is the area that needs the or has the most room for improvement in your shooting? I don't know. Probably like dynamic movement, I guess. Like just making stuff flow, doing it, putting it all together. I mean, that's that's the big picture, right? Just putting it all together. So how would how would adding structure how is adding structure gonna make that like how are you gonna structure that to get better? I don't know yet. So you so you at this point you thought I'm just gonna structure my plan and that's as far as you thought so far. <laughs> yeah, I've been messing with gear. Yeah, when I get the gear dialed in, I'll start looking at that a little more. But yeah, that's that's yeah that's something I want to do this year is structure my training. Uh, I've got I've got some ideas, but I'm not sure how I'm going to implement them. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll write a book and you can buy it. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Probably all six listeners would probably. Or you could it. you could put me on speaker and I'll read it to you while you're doing yoga. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. That's yeah. worth extra. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take up yoga just for that. Yeah, we can just we can all Skype in together and have our yoga session every day. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I cannot imagine what type of yoga tights Sasquatch would show up in. <laughs> he wouldn't. He'd show up in no tights. No tights. Naked yoga. That's right. <laughs> Naked yoga with Sasquatch. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares already. <laughs> Jeff, I need a lot of soothing thoughts coming my way. <laughs> so, do you, do any of you guys have like set goals for next year? Like, so, so everybody's planning what they're doing in the off season. Is it is it just general improvement, or are y'all like, no, I'm trying to set this up so that I can achieve this. Right. So, for, like for me right now. I started. I'm in the planning phase where I haven't really decided what my my focus and main goals for next year are going to be yet. Like right now, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to shoot, and then I'm then I'm going to plan out my kind of like the structure of my practice more so. And by structure, I'm not talking about what I'm working on yet because that'll be affected by if you know, say my goal is to get better at transitions. Well, that's going to affect what my plan is for my structure of my practice what i mean when i say structure my practice is i'm gonna have a better structure of making sure i have time off during the year instead of just shooting all the time like i did this year yeah. um and, and i think i think for me it's gonna help a lot if i don't uh basically uh, just to make it simple what i'm kind of trying to do is when there's at least three weeks between matches say like if I shoot a match on Saturday, Sunday, and I'm purely talking majors, I just shoot Saturday locals as I can. Um, so I shoot a, a Saturday or Saturday, Sunday major. I get home the next week. As long as I don't have a match the following weekend, like my plan is to take the week off, uh, shoot the shoot the Monday or shoot the Tuesday indoor match, but take the rest of the week off. And then say the next week is two weeks out from the match. You know, I'll probably practice two or three times that week along with my normal dry fire. And then the week of the match, I'll probably shoot the Tuesday night. And then one other day, I'll go and, like, confirm zero on the range. But have a little more time just to relax. I think uh, I think sometimes being – doing too much, I think, probably puts too much pressure on performance expectations. And it also – like, I wouldn't say I was getting burned out, but I definitely felt like this year – a lot of a, a lot of the rounds I shot this year, I really feel like I was shooting because it was the day to practice, and I wasn't getting a lot from it. And I think I would be far more mentally in it if I if it was a little more special, I guess, to go practice. If it wasn't just uh, oh, it's Monday, I'm going to go shoot until I feel like stopping, and then Wednesday gets here, and I'm going to go shoot until I feel like quitting, and then Friday the same thing. Yeah. But uh, y'all have what, y'all have any goals for next year that you're trying to reach? 
I, I want to do better at nationals um, than I did this year. 16th, um, I mean, it's good, but um, I made a lot of mental mistakes. I mean, we're talking stupid things, like not chambering a freaking round when you start the course. Uh, that right there. Yeah, and then uh, forgetting a target. Um, both those two, I've, you know, played around in what if. Uh, I would have been, you know, around 10th place just with those two errors not happening. Yeah. So – uh, I mean, and I, and I, yeah, I had mics and I had other mistakes, uh, but those were just stupid. But, uh, and it wasn't a pressure thing. It was just, I don't know what it was. It was just stupidity. But um, anyways, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to say I'd like to win a national, I mean, uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, but an area match. But uh, so, you know, I mean, I want to go out there and, and just perform and, and just keep getting better. Um you know, I don't know if I want to say something like, like I, and I just said area match, but I, you know, in my life, in my in my mind, you have to be realistic when you set goals. I mean, it's like, oh, I want to be Mr. Olympia, <laughs> okay? You know, what I mean, you have to set something that's realistic. So, um, and, and then when you set that realistic goal, you have to uh, be honest and say, are you willing to put in the work to get there? So, um, yeah, I would like to you know level up uh, to another level to a high, to the next level, you know. And um and be and literally be when I walk out there on the area match, be like, oh yep, yeah, I mean I can win it. What well, if it if it happens, that's one thing. So that's probably a better way to say it. I would like to get to the level to when I show up to an area level match, I am in contention to win it. Yeah. You mean like you know you can win it, whether yeah. you do or not. You want to be exactly. able to, you want to know you're capable. Yeah, and I want everybody else to know, no, no, this guy can win it. You know what I mean? You, you, I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you that every week for five bucks. <laughs> Or or switch to L10, and I'm pretty sure you can win almost every area match in the country. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I mean, because here's the deal. If Max, and I don't want to be defeated, but if Max shows up to one, it's like, I mean, I'd like to get to the point to where I feel like I actually have a legit chance to beat Max. So, so you know. That may be a couple of years down the road, you know, because he's at such a different level. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Speaking of Max real quick, though, here, here's what I think has happened. So right now, Max is a long way ahead of everyone else in carry optics. I think it's going to be like the like the four-minute mile. The first time someone beats him, like I think everybody's going to get a lot better really quickly because then everyone's going to see, oh, it's been done, it's doable, and everyone's going to get a lot better. And, of course, I'm sure Max will continue to improve as well. Yeah. I mean, last year at Area 4, uh, I was third place in carry optics. Um there wasn't a ton of heat, you know, um, but the two guys that beat me were be- were better shooters than I was, and uh, I'd like to be. I-, I feel like this year I could be at their level or close to it. You know, by you know that's my goal. I like it. Yeah, I mean, like I think that's good to have goals like that. You know, goals in this sport are really tricky because it's like, yeah, I want to win an area match. Well. Yeah, if Max shows up there, okay, that just came a whole lot harder. But if Max doesn't show up there, okay, then maybe, maybe you know, that's I'm that much closer. Uh, you know, there's obviously there's other other guys that are still really good. Exactly. Uh, but setting setting goals and and trying to define a goal in this sport is is kind of an interesting and challenging thing to try and do. I think. And, and if Max does show up, I want to be within ninety five, you know, ninety five percent of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, solid. Like, like when I think about goals, so like from a from a performance standpoint, like well, I'm not really decided on what it's going to be next year. Like obviously, uh, I think I was like 83 percent at nationals this year in carry optics. So uh, an easy way for me to look at it is from a percentage standpoint. Like the the top guys are probably going to get a little bit better, but regardless of who wins at nationals, like 100 percent still 100 percent. So. If if I was eighty three this year, for me, I think the next step for me would be to be in that ninety plus percent range, yeah. which is where 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 I would strive for and what I would work for next year. I mean, and and we understand that something can happen at that match where it takes all that out of your control because you can't always like use a, the match percentage as as a, a, a measuring stick because something could have happened to where you were. For instance, Max could have had a horrible match. Let's just use Max. He could have a horrible match, and I end up shooting 95% of him. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm really at that level. But I want, you know, you have to kind of just use it as a as a uh, 
somewhat of a goal and and it's but it's a moving it's always a moving kind of goal and you're just trying to stay and, and that's why i look at it from the standpoint of nationals it's i think uh it's going to be a lot more consistent at nationals yeah, like, no. there, yeah. there's way there'll be a lot of top guys there regardless of the division you shoot yeah. and then a uh, hundred will stay pretty consistent i think yeah i mean that's the ma- your match percentage at nationals is the most consistent measurement that we have in this sport right like there's there's nothing else that's going to be more consistent and even that's not it's not always the same Somebody exactly has a great match or not but it's but it is the most consistent thing we have well yeah. it, it obviously sure. the, the flavor of a match can affect that some too exactly. like Shooting a match in St. George is not going to be the same match in Florida, or uh, like not this year, but the year before the uh, all the classifiers. I mean that changes the. I wouldn't say it changes the outcome, but it definitely the better shooters probably aren't affected by it very much. But say the say the A class, M class, or like newer GMs and stuff are going to be far more affected by something that that takes away a, a large part of a skill set from somewhere else. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, and I realize ninety five percent of max at a national level match is 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 a lot. And you're gonna you're gonna beat max next year. I can already tell. Right, but I mean, seriously, I'm, I mean, look, I'm just trying to. I was telling Jeff the other day. I, I, there's a person that I think I can beat um, potentially. I mean, look, I, I this is I'm still fairly new at this, and I'm I wasted a lot of time and energy on fucking around with guns. I'm not gonna lie, in division divisions more so. Um, so I was just, as we were talking, I was just written, I said, all right, I just set a goal, a, a deadline in my head as we were talking here a minute ago. I was like, January one, you need to have your mind made up and then and move on and, um, <clears throat> with a gun. But, uh, anyways, so that's my goal is just to get a lot better and get into that range. I think Jared and I have a similar goal somewhat. What about you, Jeff? Uh, my goals are much more pointed. They're not like. They're not like, oh, I want to get better at transitions. My my whole way of motivating is that I pick people to beat, and that's that's what drives me. Like that. So you it. want to beat Jeremy? We got that I, part fixed. Yeah, right now. I want to beat Jeremy, and I want to beat Jared in production. We gotta go to production and beat Jared, and then I want to beat Jeremy, and I yep. want to make. Top ten at nationals. Those are that, those are kind of my my goals right there. So, so that that assumes I shoot production next year. Like I have not decided yet. So I don't think you should make that your goal yet. Well, if you shoot production, I'm coming for you. I'm not gonna shoot a dot, so I'm not gonna go be go be Jason. Well, hey, I'll probably shoot limited nationals since a, a company I work for is coming out with a new gun that I want to shoot. So yeah, you can shoot limited nationals. I don't have a limited gun. I'll be at limited nationals. Yes. Yeah. You guys can shoot. Against Jared, what are the chances of you getting us all loaner guns to shoot limited nationals? <laughs> I would say it's somewhere between your odds of winning the lottery Come on. and becoming president. Come on. I thought you had pull up there. I thought you were in charge. I thought you were running things. Are, yeah. you, old? are you old enough to be president? Shut up. <laughs> he actually is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they, they're not going to give you loaner guns. Um, if you were all cops and like were the person in charge of buying the guns for your department, you could probably get like a T&E gun when they're ready and available, but otherwise, no. But hey, you know, the guns are going to be available. I don't have a date yet, man. But are they, are they like, is it going to be like they're just going to trickle into the market or? They're going to be pretty. So, people can get them. So I I don't I don't know exactly how it'll be. So uh, on the CZ side of things, which this is a Dan Wesson, so it's made at Dan Wesson. So, but like for instance, a lot of people think it was from the CZ side, and that's what they're looking at. So on the CZ guns, we normally get a little bit of everything, every shipment. It, it'll be somewhat a mix. Like pistols come together, rifles come together, scorpions come together. But otherwise, like. I won't get like 500 of this pistol and nothing else on the shipment. It'll be like a bunch of this pistol, this pistol. It'll be like, you know, 50 different SKU numbers and a bunch of, and a little bit of all of them. Yeah. But Dan Wesson will generally build large batches of the same thing. So I'll get a whole bunch of one thing to ship out. 
Uh, now, obviously, there will always be a few of this and that. You know, a gun that was late back from finishing with the last batch that went out or something can't comes this time instead. But otherwise, it'll. I, I feel like those will probably go out in larger numbers. But just like anything new, everyone thinks that there's none out there. But it wouldn't matter if we shipped a thousand of them in one day. Like by the time that they start shipping, you have. Uh, you know, several weeks or months of people ordering them from their dealers. So you yeah. have those dealers that have been ordering from the distributors. The distributors have been ordering from us. So when you spread out a thousand, two thousand, how many ever guns? And, and these are hypothetical numbers. Uh, when you spread that many guns out across a bunch, you know, across all the dealers in the U.S. on the distributors, it's not that many to go around. You know, think of it this way: a thousand guns is what, like, two hundred per state. Like, it's not that many guns to go around. Right. No, it's not many. But I did handle one today again. It feels really nice. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'd love to see one. As soon as I get a shooting sample, I will start shooting one for, for practice a little bit. That'd be cool. All right. Well, I think that was a good episode. I think we should pinch it off. Hey, real quick, go around and let's make a prediction on what Glock is. Uh, ooh, ooh, okay, I want to go first. Out. Yeah, okay. Right. Let's, it, by the time this airs, Glock will have already made it, so we may be right, right. or we may be wrong. All right, here's what I'm going with. I'm going with a 6-inch, 10-millimeter that has their MOS system. Now, the reason I'm going with this is it's on the 10th at 10 a.m., and all the pictures are some dude, like, hiking in the woods, so... Okay. Okay. What about Jeremy? Uh, Locks doing something? <laughs> they're making a plastic gun. They're they're releasing. It'll go through legendary. It's supposed yeah. to be legendary. Legendary. Probably the Chuck Norris edition. On the tenth. Uh, my guess is it'll be basically the same thing that they've made ever since they've been in existence because that's all they've ever made. But what is it? Come on, come on. Uh. Plastic gun with a square slide. Fair enough. <laughs> I bet it's striker fired too. What if it's not though? What if it's a steel frame? What if it's a 1911? What if it's a 1911? Mm. Is that your prediction? <laughs> no, it's no. not mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's what do you think, Jeff? Okay, so I think they're going to make a like a double stack 43x pretty much what is that so they're they're gonna make a gun to compete with the sig 365 and the hellcat pretty much that's what a lot of people seem to think and that's probably that's probably the best the one that's gonna win but i'm gonna say it's gonna be a carbine a carbine i don't know why what caliber like nine mil oh i think it's gonna be a nine millimeter carbine okay 16-inch? Taking over the world. What would that even look like? Would it be square? Like a high point? Is it just a big square? Striker fired carbine. There's a connector in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be a you're gonna it's gonna be a modular system. You're probably gonna (laughs) it's gonna be a you're gonna use the frame of the Glock 17. Yeah. It'll just be a Glock lower, like on a rifle upper. Glock lower, carbine upper. <laughs> or a Glock upper with a carbine lower. I don't know. <laughs> something something that minimizes them having to retool or redesign or remake or in they, where they can reuse a bunch of stuff. You know? Hey, man. Molds, molds are expensive, okay? So. I do think it's going to be. At first, when we first started talking about this, uh, when it uh, was last week, I think uh, Jared said a carbine jokingly and i was like yeah haha and then i was like you know i mean nothing else makes sense because like anything else would just be rehashing what they've already done which is probably what do you think most of their product line is i get that but when they say legendary i'm i'm biting i'm taking the bait thinking that it's literally gonna be something different they got you hooked no he's a a glock fanboy he's probably over on glock talking about it right now you probably pre-ordered didn't you yeah I'm telling you, if it's going to be a steel frame, it's going to be on. But. <laughs> okay, so obviously, in my job, I talk to a lot of dealers every day. 
And the I, I've asked a bunch of them that I know pretty well, like if they have any ideas what's coming. And, and half of them are like, I didn't know Glock was releasing something new. <laughs> so something tells me it's not going to be all that interesting. Is it even a gun or is it like a supposedly contingency people, program? Supposedly it'll be, people it'll be a Glock folding knife. Supposedly people from Glock have said it is a gun. Okay. Well, Jeremy, do you care to drop a prediction? Uh, yeah, I already said it. It's just going to be the same old, same old. It's going to be a, it, it, it's, a the re- to something. it's the Reed Pistol Smithing collaboration model. Yeah. Glock is like Jeep They uh, and Toyota. Every five years, they, they come out with something that they label as new and innovative and, and just completely, you know, oh, this is, this is the next level, and it's removing finger grooves from the, from the grip. Yeah. Oh, oh, they can put the finger grooves back on. It's been they're gonna put the finger grooves back on. (laughs) A hammer fired striker gun. (laughs) I used to like to tell people that when they'd ask what what new things are coming. Isn't that a really a it's just a firing pin, right? (laughs) What did you say, Jared? Whenever people would ask me like about new products for CZ, I used to always tell them it would be uh uh, a double action, single action striker fired only gun. <laughs> and then, like, I would tell them it weighs, it weighs like 12 ounces and holds 20 rounds of 9 millimeter, just like make up a whole spec sheet. And then people would normally nod along for a minute before they're like, wait a minute, none of this adds up. So people think it's going to be a rotating barrel. I could, see, I could see that actually. Oh, oh I could see that. Yeah. They already got one. Yeah, they patented it. What, what what do you mean they already got one? They patented a uh, G46 with a rotating barrel like three years ago. What's a 46? Exactly. You, you have to ask. You can't afford it. Hey, it's going to be a Glock that's made out of porcelain. Uh, <laughs> I think we should pitch this off. We can a Glock 7. All right. Glock <laughs> 7. All right, everybody, go uh, check out the Facebook page, uh, another sports shooting podcast, and the Instagram page that nothing is happening on. And it's Instagram, man. Jason. I post stuff. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. <laughs>